folks, Shakespeare famously said, hell is empty and all the devils are here. That is today's special edition of Stay Dirty, Stay Moderate, as war has gripped the Middle East yet again. But it's not just war. I want to be clear. What it is, is butchery. What it is, is barbarism. Again, hell is empty, and all the devils are here, said Shakespeare. As we are watching humanity, men, women, teenagers, and as we've learned on the morning of this taping, 40 babies beheaded by Hamas. Taking a page from their, their counterparts, ISIS, behind a kibbutz in Israel, the soldiers who came to root out terrorists and barbarians found their handiwork. Baby's blood. Baby's heads. This is not to make an episode about shock value. This is not to do an episode to be gruesome. This is not to make an episode to be hyperbolic. It is to say that the thousands of years, but especially the last 75 years since Israel has been a state, have been absolutely a horrific time for so many. And if you can believe it, it's almost reached a crossroads from which there is no return. And what does that mean? Well, time and time again, Israel tried since its founding in 1948 to, to help forge a Palestinian state. That has not been to be the result of any efforts, failed or otherwise by Israeli leaders or anybody else, American presidents, diplomats. It has not come to pass long, long before before Israel had left Gaza and Gaza was blockaded, long before Israel controlled the West Bank, long before that, Arab armies, collectively then Syria, Egypt, and Jordan, Egypt and Jordan are now our peace partners, Israel's peace partners, launched an attack on Israel. Not a day in their existence, Israel's existence, has there been a moment of peace. Israel is less than the size of New Jersey. And not a moment of peace. Long before this oppression narrative, this bullshit, garbage, horribly disgusting left-wing progressive narrative has been allowed to take root, calling Israel the oppressor. Long before that, even though this generation wouldn't know history from a hand job. Long ago, before ignorant fools roamed among us and lectured us on humanity. Has Israel been a state that has ever had peace? Why, why am I speaking in these terms? Well, anyone not unequivocally standing with Israel and trying to justify this barbarism of not militants, terrorists, raping, torturing, beheading, beheading babies has lost their soul. If they had one to begin with, people standing behind any social justice movement, and there are many at Harvard University, the Democratic Socialists of America marching, in front of the Sydney Opera House, chants of gas to the Jews, all those people who have taken to the most vile forms of Jew hatred and anti-Semitism, bone deep rage 
against the only Jewish state on the planet, against a state which has had to fight for its survival since its inception. All of those people maybe never had a soul. I don't know. One of the more interesting things about this conflict is the way it divides people and how people get into talks about um, all sorts of misnomers like settler colonialism and, and all of these terms that get thrown around that really come out of, I think, um, very specious. And what I mean by that is really not well-founded scholarship out of ideology out of academia, out of shoddy history, and get adopted into meme form, into little Instagram memes or Facebook statements where people don't really know what they're talking about. They just don't know what they're talking about. You know, there's a lot of history. We don't, we're not going to do the whole history, but that is not land that is being disputed, that is being disputed because there was, Israel decided 75 years ago it should be theirs. No, that's not what happened. Okay, it is not land that somehow was mysteriously um, given to Israel and came out of nowhere just because everybody wanted to screw everybody else who lived in the region. No, that's not what happened. No, that's not what happened. It is not land used to um, be cruel oppressors. Does that mean that everything historically um, the Israeli government has done has been correct? Of course not. But what government has done that? And also, what country in the Middle East allows gay pride parades? You, you tell me. I will, I'll wait. I'll wait. What country allows women to serve in government? I'll wait. What country actually has 20% of a population that is not of its native population, meaning in this case Jewish, 20% of Arab people serve in the Israeli parliament known as the Knesset. They serve as judges. They serve as... In the government, in all capacities, they're doctors and lawyers, and you know they're about a fifth of the population. Yeah, so it's not an apartheid state if twenty percent of the population is Arab. But this is a specific moment in time where we must take note of certain pieces of history, which are important. In the history of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, it was long said that there would never be peace with Israel and its Arab neighbors until they made a deal, no matter what the deal, and offered up some version of a Palestinian state. Well, that is actually not proven to be true, okay? In 1978, Jimmy Carter brokered the Camp David Accords with then-Israeli President Menachem Begin and a great, great man who was killed by murderous terrorists. That was Anwar Sadat. He was killed by the Muslim Brotherhood, a, a crazy um, terrorist organization. He was the Egyptian leader who put his neck out there, literally put his life so that Egypt and Israel, Egypt had been Israel's most formidable foe since they had um, been at war and many times at war. And quite frankly, that deal which Israel gave the Sinai Desert back to Egypt, okay, in exchange for peace, has existed for 45 years. 45 years. And as I said, Anwar Sadat risked his life and was killed by radical Islamist murderers who did not want that peace. But a peace has remained, and it should be noted that Egypt enforces a blockade of Gaza as well with Israel. You don't hear anybody attacking Egypt. No, because they're not Jews, right? Got to be Jews to be on the on the chopping block. 
Okay, in 1994, Bill Clinton brokered a peace with Jordan. Kingdom of Jordan also had been a longtime adversary of Israel. And that peace is almost 30 years old. Yeah, Jordan and Egypt, Israel has had peace with. And then, though he'll never get the credit, and you know, as an ever-Trumper, I have great pains to take great pains to say this. The Abraham Accords, where Israel normalized relations with the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain, was a tremendous achievement for the Trump administration. And those accords, okay, offered normalization with a, a variety of Arab nations who, while were not necessarily at war with Israel, did not accept its legitimacy and did not have a working strategic partnership. And now they do. And that was 2020. It's a lot of the Arab world. And yet, every attempt to make peace is you know, on, on the part of Israel with its Palestinian neighbors, a time and time again, American president after American president. Really, the most, the most comprehensive deal was offered by Bill Clinton in the year 2000, the final year of his presidency with then Israeli President Ehud Barak for 92% of the West Bank and other territories. And there would have been a Palestinian state. And Yasir Arafat, then PLO leader, what used to be the Palestinian Liberation Organization, which is now the PA, the Palestinian Authority, they're the weaker uh, governing authority um, to Hamas, which controls Gaza. By the way, Israel evacuated unilaterally, evacu evacuated um, uh, Gaza in 2005, and Hamas took over. And it's been guns and war and bloodshed. And they've gotten a lot of money from the United States and international organizations, folks. Don't kid yourself. Indoctrination of kids to murder Jews, to murder children, teaching kids how to shoot guns, teaching kids how to throw rocks, teaching kids how to hate. You know, Israel has a very, very, very formidable military. Israel may be the best in the world. Yes, uh, billions of dollars have been given to it by the United States. But even Israel, when it defends itself, says to civilians, get out, leave. We don't want to have to do damage. We're letting you know. Hamas uses its people as shields, whether it be in schools and hospitals. This is the part where they like this. They are willing to die for this so that they can say, see, those horrible Jews murdered our children. Except that's not what's happening. It's they who infiltrated Israel this past weekend, murdered several hundred people at a music festival, dragged Holocaust survivors through the street, raped women, beheaded children. This is savagery. And this is evil. And you have to be able to call out evil when you see it. You have to. There, there is no equivocation here. And if you equivocate, you again have to ask yourself, who are you? It's time for people to stop and think. Those who have been, let's say, perhaps a bit too both sidesy on the issue, to worry about calling something evil. Is it your worry that Islamophobia somehow matters more than anti-Semitism? Because it's not Islamophobic to call out a group of people who butcher babies. I don't care if it were a Jewish group. If it were a Christian group, if it were a Zoroastrian group, right? If it were, let's go, if it were a group of Baha'i people, if it were Buddhist or Muslims, it doesn't matter. Closing down debate because you're afraid to say something doesn't actually make the, the tragedy and the massacre 
less horrific or it just certainly doesn't make it go away. And any failure to call evil for what it is, is a failure of humankind. It's a failure of fundamental human morality. This conflict, conflict is exposing rifts in political movements across the country. And people will say, well, what about the right? And what about the far right and the extremists and the anti-Semites? Hey, I'm a dirty moderate. I'm aware of that. But you know what? Those groups haven't made their cause social justice. They haven't, that's not what they're for. I'm, and I'm, I'm not even talking about the worst of them. I'm talking about the fact that there are far-right groups who aren't necessarily Nazis, but yeah, they're in bed with some really bad people. But I'm not expecting them to be speaking up for the disenfranchised, the dispossessed, the oppressed, the poor, the forgotten, the marginalized. No, that's, that's the left, except for Jews. They don't fit in. That's, that's not part of the, right? Well, because there's a couple of myths. Myths is that Israel was a settler colonial state. No, it's not. It's actually Israeli land. It was all those years ago. That's history. You know, take it from me. That's number one. Number two, all attempts at peace with Israel have been sabotaged and savaged by people that in their charter, and I ask you to go read the Hamas charter, they want Israel wiped off the map. When they, when they chant from the river to the sea, right? They are talking about Israel evaporating, Israel being obliterated. That's what they're talking about. You'll hear those chants. But don't forget too, okay? We have been both sided for so long in this country and in Europe and in the West about a, about a, a true division, a schism where there has been ambiguity, where there should be. If you may remember in May of 2021, anti-Israel activists, because you know, they're not anti-Semitic, they're just anti-Zionists, because it's not anti-Semitic to be against the existence of a Jewish state. The only homeland Jews have, God forbid, another rampant organized ideology like the killing machine that was Nazi Germany comes to pass. Where do they think we're going to go? Maybe we're going to be rescued by our progressive friends who aren't our friends. We know we're not going to be saved by right-wing Nazis or by right-wing people or by Nazis. We, I know that. But the rub isn't there. I don't need to call out people that I know are not my allies. I'm calling out people who I thought I could count on. Yeah, that includes Black Lives Matter and their anti-Semitic founders. Yes, you too. I'm not afraid to say it. Come at me. Bring it. I'm ready for you, you Marxist fucks. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I, I'm not in a mood, folks, when you listen to this episode to play nice with people who I was told were one thing and we know they are not. Not, not everybody who supports Black Lives Matter. I'm not saying that. There's a lot of Black Jewish unity. But this idea that you could never criticize them, well, I'll criticize them because they actually have both been silent and their grassroots organization said we support Palestine. They have not condemned any of this butchery. Their moral authority is zero. Okay. As, uh, as is the moral authority of so many on the left. And the left has a problem. We're going to get back to that. But in May of 2021, anti-Israel activists insisted that the Israeli-Palestinian conflict wasn't that hard to understand. They taught us. They, they gave us their, their history. Their history. 
It's the oppressed Palestinians versus the oppressor that was Israel. Well, here we are two years later. Hamas pillaged Israeli towns, <laughs> butchered babies, murdered whole families, raped women, took kids hostage, Holocaust survivors hostage, as I mentioned. And suddenly, anti-Israel activists are saying, it's complicated, it's complicated. There's no moral consistency, folks, because there are no morals. Do you understand? They're struggling to put this together. And, and, I, and I don't mean to overly focus the episode on this, but I have to, because this is where human rights groups and activists should be out on the front lines criticizing uh, the butchery, the savagery of Hamas, and you will hear nothing from some of them. And you will hear moral equivocation from people. They won't be able to call out the evil for what it is. This is a program and a podcast devoted to defending democracy, which means we defend human rights, which means we defend decency, which we, means we defend a system where everybody has a shot. And you know we are built on nuance. But there's no nuance here. It's not about being moderate and taking a both sides approach. Because if you can't look at ghastly evil in the face, then you can't claim that your conscience is clear. That is not possible. It just isn't possible. So many on the left have struggled to see and understand evil. Okay, going way, way back when they were in love with Stalin and communism in Russia, they wouldn't accept, sometimes didn't know, or couldn't reconcile themselves to the fact that he was murdering millions and millions of people, that the gulags were also torture chambers and death camps, that the damage that he did in the name of social justice, in his view, utopia, was those who didn't agree with the program were to be exiled or killed. This is all true. I'm not bringing this up on the right because the right wasn't committed to this. It's been a problem woven into sort of left-wing and now modern progressive thinking of, of a kind of rosy view of human nature. And this addiction to some kind of utopia. Well, utopias can be evil too. Hamas's utopia is a world where Israel doesn't exist, where Jews are dead. That's their utopia. And I only hope that Hamas's beheading of babies and the horrifying news of that this morning, though that shouldn't be the only news that moves you. It's been carnage after carnage, day after day the last few days. But I hope this sobers many, many people up. I don't know that it will. And people ask me why I see moral clarity more from, let's say, a Nikki Haley um, or somebody um, on the Republican side of the aisle? Well, because I see moral clarity. That's why. I see people condemning Israel. I see people condemning anti-Semitism on college campuses. I see them speaking up about it and not making an excuse and saying, but Trump is a racist. So what? Both things are true. We always say that here. Trump can be a racist. And there could be great people like Nikki Liz Cheney who have the moral courage and clarity to call evil when they see it. Joe Biden is standing behind Israel. But no, the squad isn't. Your little favorites, AOC, making macaroni videos while kids are being killed, not mentioning Israel at all. Making mealy mouth statements. People like Cori Bush and Alana Presley, of course, Rashida Tlaib and Ellen Omar. These, these people absolutely are protected by dint of their left-wing cred. And you can't criticize women of color. Oh, yes, I can. I don't care what color they are. I think they are immoral, and I think they are scum. Yeah, I think they are scum. 
And yeah, my rhetoric will be more strident when it comes to Israel than many of my listeners will heard, but you will hear what I really feel. Not that I felt back. I just don't think that there's nuance. And I think to make ambiguity where there is none is to lie to the world, is to misinform the world in a misinformed world anyway. And it is to ignore, downplay, and accept unspeakable evil when staring at the face of it. Unspeakable. Extremists who call themselves progressive claim that Israelis deserve to be massacred because they're colonizers. And that Hamas atrocities are justified in the name of decolonization. I mean, it's such pure crap and it's beyond crap. It's offensive and it's evil. Newsflash, you can't colonize your own homeland. Jews have been in Israel for over 3,000 years and are not going anywhere. Anyone who doesn't accept that reality is only making things worse for all the people in the region. But you know what else is going to happen? Hamas will be destroyed once and for all, pulverized, gone. And they will be finished. And there will be no more Hamas. But forever and ever, there will be a state of Israel. Folks, Thank you for joining me as always. I stand with Israel proudly and unconditionally. I certainly hope you will too. It is no longer a choice. It's not partisan. It's even beyond politics. It's about being human. You can't be in the middle. You've got to be on one side or the other. And you're going to either choose humanity or you're going to choose evil. That's up to you. Thank you for listening. Stay dirty and stay moderate.